Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, Grant. Really glad to have you. Thanks. I was going to say great great to have you along with the ride. Then he said, I said grad. I, did, I mean, grad is a word. You graduate from something, I guess. Yeah, but... Wrong word to use, I think don't you think? With time in mind, keeping in mind that we have limited time to do the show and people want more show, less words. So instead of glad to have you and great to have you along for the ride, just say grad and that means all that. More show, less words. <laughs> exactly right. How would that Because the show isn't, it's a, only a talk show. It's not really about words. I know, words, I don't really it? understand that, but okay. So uh, about this hour, we'll have Tudor Dixon. She is running for um, uh, governor of the great state of Michigan. Whitmer, I hope, will be long gone after this coming November. And I think that's kind of a done deal. I think almost 60% of Michiganders say, yeah, we don't want this one anymore. But who is going to be the person that, that beats her? I'm not sure. But Tudor Dixon got a shout-out by former President Trump last Saturday in Washington Township. I think it was Washington Township in Michigan. If you're in Michigan or if you have any interest in Michigan or if you'd like to see a Cuomo-like governor like Whitmer, be gone in Michigan. Stick around. Bottom of this hour, we'll have Tudor Dixon on. You'll learn all about her. And then hour number three is going to be uh, part one with Donnie Brasco, Joe Pistone, the actual former FBI agent who is undercover, infiltrated the mob back in the 70s and 80s. And he, boy, he just, he tells the story very, very well. I really enjoyed my time with Joe. And it's very interesting, Carrie, because um, I think I told this story. I just wanted his, his phone number and he wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> Well, probably a lot and of people say that. Two days oh, in a row. Oh, stop it. Mm. Two days in a row, the guy called me. Guess when? During the show. Right. Yeah. So the third day, I said, I'll be available between this time and that time. And to say it, I mean, I'm just going to be very direct. I was on the pot. We you know don't I mean? need to know that, actually. People of Rome, Georgia, I'm sure don't want to hear that. Well, people from Georgia out. already are tired of you having your relatives call and tell, tell, tell you how great you are. <laughs> Those are not family members, actually. I love you, Joe. But carry on. Thank I God we were out of time last hour. Loving the love Rome, I'm today. sorry. Let me just say this. But I am Italian. So I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it's not Rome, Georgia, like everybody's Italian, like Rome, Italy. But we have a thing. I think I think we have a connection. I think we're kindred spirits with Rome, Georgia. Already? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I'm all for Let that. Let me just say this. We don't normally get all these calls about how great Carrie is. She's paying somebody. Like Mr. T I... got paid, I probably, I think. <laughs> I'm not paying anybody uh, to call But the her, thing is, actually. Donnie Brasco called me. I'm on a pot. I'm like, I, I can't Why? answer it now. Why okay. what? I was, I was, I'm a human. Okay, why? I understand that, but. You want details of why I was on the pot? <laughs> no, I really don't. I don't well, think don't anybody else. Don't say why, because I'll answer. Else knows. Why are you telling us this? We don't need to know that. So then I had to get a hold of Franzese again. Michael, I, I, he keeps calling when I can't answer. Um, can I just have his phone number? Well, no, here's an email address. And the email address was like anonymous, no name email at non email anonymous dot email. And I was like, okay. So I sent it and he answered right away. And I said, can I have your phone number? He said, no, I'll call you at this time. <laughs> he still didn't want to give it to you. But after I talked to him for like three minutes, he's like, okay, here's my number. Like, he just wanted oh, to know he could okay. trust me. Uh, okay, well, you can understand you know I mean? that, right? Yeah. On a Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it was just, it was one of those really great interviews that I was able to do because of what I do for a living. I loved it. So you're saying you don't talk on the phone when you're going to the bathroom. And if you do this disgusting, let me just say that. <laughs> Carrie, the rules are no eating, drinking, oh, no. or getting on the phone no. when you're on the pod. I would agree with those rules, absolutely. That's now, nasty. 
Now, let me throw this out there. There Had is no exception. Me, have I, has there? anybody ever received a text message from me? Well, on the pot. The answer is going to be an affirmative to that one. And you know you've done it too. Don't even. No, I'm not talking about. Oh, that. yes, you it's have. Disgusting. No. You lie. No. Break it down. Baba dep, baba dump, bump. It is a hump day, Wednesday. Downhill the weekend from here. We'll see what happens. Hour number three. Getting a lot of arrogance from that no, one today. So no, I'm not sure. No, no, no. You have to play the song. How we're going to do that. Yeah, the people of Rome, Georgia, want to hear an hour of that song on a Wednesday. <laughs> people they've been Rome, waiting Georgia. for. Like, why do they keep on saying Rome, Georgia? Because we love you. Love, girl. Love, Rome. Now that love. don't don't creep them out. How's it creeping them out? That's a little creepy. It's I'm creepy showing them the love. Just because yeah. you don't know how to show love, it's not my fault. <laughs> I do know how to show. All right, love, so uh, you sent me this story about about uh, kids going to school and their lunches being searched or something. Now, yes, I'm I'm confused. Um, I don't remember bringing my lunch to school ago. much. Although, really, <laughs> although I do remember. I would draw King Kong and Godzilla, and I forget the kid's name, but he always got two Kugel sandwiches. I'd get one for one of my drawings. Oh, look at you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mom probably didn't even know I was getting free Kugel mm. at school. Yummy. Mm. Now, uh, generally speaking, I don't remember bringing my lunch. I'm sure I did at some point, but uh, I would I would, I would, would get the school lunch, and um, man, it was cheap then. I mean... Hell, in 1938 when oh, I went no, to school. I know that rectangular. It was like pizza. I think it was yeah. I think it was a a hay penny, which is a half oh, penny. Dude, you are old. Yeah, it was. You I could give him, give him, give him a penny. I get two days school lunches. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, this this is now back to modern day, and I'm guessing because lunch boxes are still for sale, maybe people even brown bag it. Who knows? Um, I'm guessing that the kids are still bringing the lunches to school. I can't. I just does. read the headline. Are there, there there are educators or administrators who think they get to go through my kids' lunch? Fill that me is in. true. From the Blaze, a Western Pennsylvania public school district announced one of its schools was to begin searching student lunches brought from home this week and confiscating excessive quantities of chips, soda, candy, and other snacks. The Aliquippa School District posted a Facebook message saying that due to the excessive amounts of outside snacks being brought in Aliquippa Junior Senior High School, including shopping bags full of chips and bottled and canned drinks and candy, starting April the 4th, each student is limited to bringing to school up to one four-ounce bag of chips and up to one 20-ounce bottled or canned beverage, WPXITV said. If more than the allotted items are brought to school, authorities will throw them out, the message said. In addition, the rule also applies to students who bring their lunches to school, which will be searched. Some folks were not too pleased by the announcement. You're going to tell parents they can, what they can and cannot send for their child to eat. That's absurd. One Facebook commenter wrote back, uh, maybe if school lunches weren't so tiny and gross, they wouldn't need to bring extra snacks. <laughs> Hello. That's a pretty good line. Wow. Uh, all right. So where's Aliquippa? This is in Pennsylvania. Okay. So Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Now I'm trying. I'm trying to use. You know me. I try to use the logic and the rationale. Mm-hmm. I try to figure out what's the logic here. Now the kid's showing up to school, and he or she has a grocery bag filled with four ounce bags of chips. Somebody's got a side hustle that they're pulling <laughs> off at school. I get it. You know yeah, what I mean? They're, they're selling. He or she. They're, yeah. they're selling some crap, right? Yeah. Yeah. But 
I listened to the story. It doesn't say if you're bringing an oversized bag. It doesn't say if you're caught selling stuff in school. You can make a rule against selling food in school. I get it. Um, it doesn't say that. It appears to say, and again, correct me if I get this wrong. It appears to say the school reserves the right to search any lunch brought from home. Yes. And no. confiscate it. Yes. No. Yes. And you're limited to one four-ounce bag of <laughs> chips. Yes. Joey was a big boy growing up. Now, if I brought my my school lunch and mom wanted me to have eight ounces of chips, oh, the horror. You're telling me the school gets to grab some of something yes. that my parents bought for me and throw it away? That is correct. Oh, oh, stop I'd it. Be you so stop ticked it, off. Carrie Lucky. So ticked off. Can mm-hmm. you imagine? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, your 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 kid um um Jake isn't playing around. <clears throat> no, and I and he or I, I still pack boy. his He's got to eat. He Man's got to eat. Yes. A little four ounce bag of chips probably <laughs> after he lifts is not going to cut it. Come and on, if you dude. try to take my kid's chips or anything else I put and in there. And they're going to throw it away. I'm going to be really ticked off. And you paid for it. You packed yes. it with yes. love. That's you right. packed it. Mama packed Always it with do. love. Always Can do. you imagine? I mean, listen, I ate a lot growing up. But I was very active. And, I mean, that's just what it takes when you're growing. Mm-hmm. And kids in school, stop me if I get this wrong, are still growing generally. Mm-hmm. Unless they're in, like, grad school or something. They might have hit adulthood yeah, at that point. they're still growing. But, yeah. You know, you, you've, got, you've got a situation where the school thinks it can tell parents what you could pack in the lunch. And then parents, by the way, have no say in what's delivered by the cafeteria. Isn't that just backward? And we're paying for all of it. Crazy. Yeah. That's... Horrible. It's lunacy. Horrible. Yeah. I, I, I tell so, you this. My kid comes home and says, I had a, I had a candy bar and a four-ounce bag of chips in my lunch today along with my sandwich mom and dad. They took the candy bar and they threw it away. I'm down there. I'm oh, down there. Both. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I need to see the guy who stole the Snickers yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I need sorry. to know That's who the hell crazy. thinks they're going to regulate what I want my child to eat. If this stuff is edible, I mean, if they're bringing dog poop, to school, you know what I mean, and, and, and deciding this is going to have a dog, a dog uh, excrement sandwich. Now, now maybe I've got an issue, and you should step in. They go there with a couple of bags of chip. One is okay, the other one isn't. You can shut the face. Yeah, and again, it's one of those. This school district is so perfect, and all the problems have been solved. That this is actually what they're going to be doing. All right, now it's time to tackle those school lunches. And let's say I sometimes I would pack two sandwiches for my son. Because he's hungry no, no. and he works Bad out. Oh, that's too many carbs. That's Send too much CPS. bread. They're going to throw another Bad one of those sandwiches away? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, you have to laugh or else you'll cry. It doesn't make any sense. Now, let me, let me say this clearly. As I said in the beginning of this, if there's a kid showing up to school with a, you know, a Macy's bag filled to the brim with 150 bags of, of potato chips, he's got a side hustle going on. Stop that. And you can make a rule against you selling food in school or bringing extra food to school that is not for your consumption. Yeah. And then maybe you contact the parent and say, hey, just to let you, let you know, Bobby brought in $300 worth of chips yesterday. Did you want him to have that for lunch? Maybe have that relationship <laughs> with the parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you're just going to now go through my, my kid's lunch and if you decide that whatever snack I wanted him or her to have is not okay, you somehow are the lord of me and get to take lord of all lunches. You get to take the food away and throw it away. In this school, right, I didn't district, miss anything, right? That's yes, what they get to do. That is, yep. In that district, that's exactly what you do. Yeah, I'm going to say no to that one. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Should the school have the right 
to look through your kid's lunch that you packed with love and and say, well, no, Bobby, you can't eat or drink this because I say so. 888-941-7247. Go to JoePags.com. Go, scroll down to the bottom, click on contact, send me an email, and I'd love to hear from you. Keep it here. Coming back. Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Appreciate you taking the time. The Joe Pag Show on your radio, on your screen, if you're watching. You can always watch and you can see all of us when you stop by. You'll also see the interviews, including Tudor Dixon, coming up uh, in about 10 minutes from now. By going to JoePags.com and click on Watch Now. JoePags.com, click on Watch Now. Love to have you stop by there at some point as well. Let me tell you about Eden Pure and the Thunderstorm. It's a great air purifier. And it smells like a thunderstorm just came through. It really is awesome. It changes the entire mood in a room. If you've got some odors that you're dealing with, I mean, viruses, odors, mold, and more, the thunderstorm is going to use their their proven oxy technology to help you out. Change the complexion of that room. Thunderstorm freshens the, the home. Musty, mildewy smells just vanish after just a few seconds. The thunderstorm from Eden Pure is something I want you to get. Over 200,000 have already been sold. You know it works, and any odor will disappear when you use it. Odors like litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and much more. No match, and best of all, no filters. Right now, save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the entire home protection. You're going to get three units for under $200. It's a fraction of the cost compared to the other air purifiers that are out there. They can go for over $600 alone. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, kitchen, anywhere you need clean, fresh air. And with a special offer, you're going to be getting three units for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in discount code PAGS3, save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code P-A-G-S, the number three. Shipping is free. All right, uh, what do you think? Oh, by the way, we're giving free lunches and breakfasts in, in, in Texas now? Is that what we're doing? Mm, yes. At school? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's not free. We're paying for it. Yeah, well, free to the kids, I guess. You know, I've talked about this a lot. Um, If you decide to parent children, you should be able to handle the basics, like a roof over their head, some clothes on their body, and some food in their belly. I don't think we're asking a lot here. You don't have to be rich. I didn't grow up rich. Grew up in a, a lower middle class house that became middle class as my father kept moving up and became middle upper class as he kept on moving. I was out of the house by then. Um, but I mean, we, we always had food. Okay. You gotta, gotta feed them. You gotta house them. You gotta clothe them. Carrie, is that asking a lot? No, not when that's your child. Nope. Should not be giving people free breakfast and lunch every day in school. That's, that's crazy to me. It just is. I don't understand that to me. You're just saying, Hey, sure. Be a parent. We'll just, we'll take care of all the responsibilities. And then guess what? The kid grows up knowing that he or she was, fed and clothed or, or schooled or housed or whatever by somebody in the government. It doesn't make any sense. Let me go to the phone lines. Let me say hello and welcome to uh, line one is Stan in New Mexico. Stan, what's up? Hey, I'm so glad we have you. You're the only voice of reason on the radio here in the People's Republic of New Mexico. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate um, that. It's great to have you on the Yeah. 
So, you know what? It, just side note, here in New Mexico, every single kid, you can be the child of the top lawyer in the entire state, heart surgeon, doesn't matter. Every kid gets free lunch and free breakfast. Every okay. single kid, regardless, there is no qualification. You just have to be a kid and in public schools, uh, which is crazy. But uh, that's a side note. I, I, when you were talking about the kid with the side hustle, it just reminded me. When I was in grade school, we had some sort of a band fundraiser. We had to raise money for instruments because, I mean, it's the third world here in New Mexico. And so we did our thing. We raised it all. And it was over pretty quick. You know, we, we, we did enough. So being the son of entrepreneurs, I just kept going to Walmart and buying Snickers, M&Ms, finding out what the kids wanted. I sold candy the whole year. I had enough to buy a really great bike. Nice. So there are <laughs> kids out there that are doing the side hustle, or at least there were back when, when I was a kid. I have no problem with them being entrepreneurs, but if you're going to punish everybody's you know home-brought lunch, Stan, thanks. Um, but you're going to punish everybody who brings a, a lunch from home by searching it and then taking out stuff you don't like. That turns into something that sounds more like... You know, an overlord sounds more like I'm the boss of you or a fiefdom. And that's not what we need here in this country. That That's just backward to me. Let me go to uh, Larry in Minnesota. Larry, what's going on? Hi. Hi. I was thinking more so maybe it's not the food they're looking for. Maybe it's, you know, maybe a gun, but even more practical, an edge weapon. I mean, are they trying to keep the schools safe? And that's one way they're going to go about it. No, no, because they actually say in the story that if you've got more than one bag, a four-ounce bag of chips, they will take the second bag and throw it away. So it's not about weapons. Okay. Yeah, and they should, listen, even if it were, they shouldn't be looking through my kid's lunch anyway. If you fear the kids are bringing weapons to school, I mean, I'm, I'm not against a magnetometer at the door. Make them go through a metal detector. I mean, whatever. But I don't want you searching through my kid's lunch. That's That's crazy. And I have yet to hear anybody ever say, well, he had a gun, he brought it in his lunch. I, I, I haven't heard that one. But even so, I mean, let's stop being so quick and so willing to give up freedom and liberty because it might give a little more safety. Because I don't know who this saying is by Thomas Jefferson or, or I think it might be Thomas Jefferson. You know, the, the, the man who's willing to give up freedom and liberty for safety uh, is neither free, liberated, nor safe. Something to that effect. That's a, it's a paraphrase. Let me go back at it. A uh, quick call from Stephen in Connecticut. Stephen, make it fast for me. Come on. Yes, uh, good evening, Joe, and thank you for being on the radio. Really needed here in Connecticut. Appreciate it, man. Thank um, you. I understand why they're doing it in Pennsylvania, that district. It's, uh, they want to make sure that Bobby's figure stays slim because so, Bobby's really not a boy. He's a girl. He's not going to look good in a dress. And this is the reason why they're doing it. The woke crowd has spoken. Stephen, great point. Bobby does have to look good as Barbara. You know, that's true, Carrie, if you think about it. Mm, it is. And by the way, uh, they're not making sure Bobby doesn't gain weight because if you if you notice, our country is one of the fattest countries on the planet because all the processed garbage that, that we eat, well, we don't really you know grow our own food anymore. We don't really make great food anymore. Go ahead. Have you seen a school lunch lately? I haven't. What's You're telling me that that is an, a great example of high protein and vegetables and fruit and nothing processed on there? I mean... Well, no, I have no on. idea. I haven't seen it, but I'll tell you this. Growing up, I enjoyed that cardboard pizza that you got in the school lunch. Oh, we all or did, those, yeah. Or those nasty French fries. And I wasn't a fat kid. I mean, there's something else going on in our society right now that everybody is, is so much bigger than they used to be. Something we'll have to examine as we go forward. Uh, keep it right here. When we come back, Tudor Dixon, who is running for Michigan governor, she's a Republican, called out on stage from President Trump. Keep it here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. 
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on, and I'm excited about her candidacy. She's running for governor of the great state of, uh, of Michigan. She's a Republican, not the only Republican running for governor. We'll get into that in earnest in just a moment. It's Tudor Dixon. Tudor, how are you? Good to see you. Great. Thank you for having me. Really glad to have you on. Now, uh, you know, we talked about this just, just briefly. I've got a really good relationship with 45. Um, had him on a ton of times. He's just, he's, a, he's, he's the guy we should have in the White House right now. And I watch all the rallies and sometimes I'll go on Newsmax or something and I'll, I'll actually talk about the rally before it happens and after it happens. And I, I was watching and, and he called you out. And I'll be honest, I wasn't that familiar with you. Um, that, did you a, did you know that was going to happen at his last rally? In, I guess it was what, Washington Township? Michigan? Yes. No, I didn't. We spoke ahead of time. So I had the chance to talk to him a little bit about the campaign ahead of time. We've met before. And so when he walked out on stage and he did say my name, it was kind of one of those surreal moments where you think a man who has been the most powerful man in the world just said my name. Yeah. And that's something. So, so how does it, how does it come together that you even meet with him beforehand? Because I, he's very particular about who he talks with. I, I was lucky enough to be one of five talk show hosts that got to go to the White House in 2017 when the tax cuts were happening. So I, I know how that feels, but how did it happen? Do you know, did daddy heard of you? Yes, we've actually had an event at Mar-a-Lago. So we've met a few times now. I have uh, some folks on my team that ran the Ron DeSantis campaign. And so they're connected to Trump and and they set it up so that I would be able to have a picture beforehand with him and speak with him. So we got to talk a little bit. You know, he's so genuine. When I spoke to him the last time, he knew about my parents. My dad is going through an illness right now. And the last thing he said to me before he walked out on that stage, before I, I walked away from him was, hey, how's your dad doing? Which just says so much about who he is as a person. Well, as a guy, he's a really nice guy. And people don't understand that. When you sit down and talk with him, before we hit the air on my interviews with him, afterwards, he's just always very, very nice. He's a real dude. He'll ask about my daughters. I'll talk to him about his sons. And, and he really does. I mean, he's sort of that guy that you wouldn't expect he would be with the golden you know, toilet right. you know, at Trump Tower. So uh, I'm really glad that you got to do that. Now, from what I understand from local coverage up there, uh, and I'm in Texas right now, but but in watching, I think, Channel 17 in Grand Rapids, um, it appeared as though there were three candidates that were Republicans that are running for governor there. You're the only one he called out. That's got to be even extra special. Yes, it was very, definitely very special. Like I said, we weren't anticipating it. I guess he made that decision after we spoke. And what an honor. What an honor for him. He was calling out his endorsed candidates, and we knew that was going to happen. But for him to just bring me up, mention me, I really felt like that was very a very meaningful moment, certainly a moment I will remember the rest of my life. It's Tudor Dixon, uh, T-U-D-O-R-D-I-X-O-N.com. Go to her website, support her candidacy. Um, uh, Whitmer is, in, is an absolute failure, and I want to get into that in, in just a moment. But one last thing. You're right. He said, I endorsed this one. I endured they're all doing great. And Tudor Dixon. So he didn't endorse you, but that's close. It's awfully close. So what do you do now? What's the mechanism that's in place for your campaign to reach back out to him and, and, and maybe see if this is something he does want to do? You know, we'll try to, I mean, we will keep in touch with him as much as possible, but really I'm a worker. I'm going to continue to work as hard as I can. And I just, I know he's watching Michigan very closely as a lot of people connected in Michigan, but it doesn't change what I do. I just keep fighting. 
when I was a TV news anchor in Michigan, um, I, I learned very quickly that, yes, automotive and manufacturing are huge, and you're from manufacturing. I want to talk about that and the jobs that need to come back to that state. Agriculture is number two, and people didn't realize that Michigan is such a huge agriculture state that I think is also being hurt by what the Biden administration is doing. So what is job one for you? Uh, you want to take on Whitmer. We can talk about how bad she is, and, and she's been horrible. Um, but but what, what are the good things you bring to the, uh, to the table for those who are watching and listening who are Michiganders? And by the way, thanks for not saying Michiganians. I love Michiganders <laughs> so much better than Michiganians. I don't get that one. But uh, what, what, what do Michiganders need to hear from you that you'll do should you become the governor? Well, we're in an interesting situation in Michigan. We used to be top 10 in the nation for education, and now we're in the bottom 12. So we have to improve that. We have to take a hard look at education. And see what we can do to improve our public schools, but also offer choice. Parents are looking for that choice in education. We can bring that to the state of Michigan. Also transparency in education. So those are big things that we are concerned about. But as you mentioned, my background is manufacturing. I come from the steel industry. I've been on the heavy manufacturing side, also automotive. And right now we're in danger of automotive leaving the state. You already saw Ford take their their $11 million to Tennessee and Kentucky. Now, Governor Whitmer came out and she said, said, I don't think we knew they were leaving. That's the danger we're in right now. We have a governor who's not in touch with our legacy industry, and we know how to be in touch with our legacy industry and make sure we're doing what we need to secure those jobs here in the state. She's a Republican running for Michigan governor. Her name is Tudor Dixon. Go to TudorDixon.com and find out more about her. When I was a, a news anchor in Lansing, and I was there five years, I, I think we were making the Monte Carlo there. I think we were making the Alero there, the old Alero that's now Oldsmobile doesn't exist anymore. And I think the Cadillac CTS, the Cadillac Sum model was being made there as well. Is that manufacturing still happening in the state capital? Are, are we actually seeing, because we know that Canada makes some parts, maybe the Camaro's made there now, and, and I think that Mexico's making some engines and stuff. Are, are we still having a, um, a lot of automotive in Michigan? Is it way less than I remember? And I left, I left Michigan probably 17, 18 years ago. We still have auto manufacturing, but you have to understand that we're we're hearing from these manufacturers that by 2035, they're going to be fully electric vehicles. Now, whether or not we're able to accomplish that in the automotive industry, we'll see. However, they're looking at building all their new electric vehicle plants in other states. So if it does transition in the next 10 years to solely electric vehicles, that would be very bad for the factories that we have right now because we have engine factories. We need to be able to make sure that we're available for those mega sites that they're building because when you look at those mega sites that automotive builds, a whole town builds around that. So it may come with 10,000 jobs that turns into 200,000 jobs with churches and neighborhoods and Walmarts and everything that goes in. Uh, Tudor, why wouldn't they keep in Michigan? I mean, just the history uh, alone, the tradition alone, and the hardworking Michiganders alone would would make me want to if I were, I don't care if I'm building EVs or, or lawnmower engines. I mean, what's the difference? Why would you take it out of Michigan? It's pretty simple. The bureaucracy under Gretchen Whitmer has become very hard to do business in. So we have now become one of the hardest states to do business in in the United States. And we have that reputation. Under Rick Snyder, we opened up business. We made it very easy, reduced regulations. That all changed under Gretchen Whitmer, but we can change that pretty quickly and bring that business back. That's why we want to get to Lansing and make sure that we see Michigan thrive. T-U-D-O-R-D-I-X-O-N.com. Go and support her candidacy. She's running for the Republican nomination for governor of the great state of Michigan. Uh, What are the polls looking like? Are you doing well? Because I looked at it. I think there are seven or eight people running. 
<laughs> there are there are eleven people. Eleven, running. okay. There haven't been that many polls up until this point. I think that we're waiting for the filing deadline, and the polls will start coming in in early May. I believe that we'll start to see the numbers at that point. But online polls, we had one of the local papers do an online poll the other day, and we were in second place. And I think we're going to head into first pretty quickly here. When is the primary? August. All right. Oh, wow, that's that's really late, isn't it? I mean, yeah. normally the primaries are going to be in April or May. So you're going to be campaigning the entire time. And again, with this push and the, and the wind in your sails from Trump, that can't hurt. Let's talk about Gretchen Whitmer. I had Bill Schuette on this program three or four times. And I, and I actually, I, I take a little bit of credit for him doing better than people thought that he would. When I asked people in Michigan why they didn't vote for, they didn't vote for Bill Schuette, there were three reasons given. Number one, Whitmer lied about, about dropping 45 cents a gallon. Or, or No, what did she say? No, she lied and said that she would fix the potholes, but didn't tell them she was going to add 45 cents a gallon in an extra tax in the state. She right. was legalizing marijuana, and Bill Schuette wasn't that great a candidate. Is that why she got in? Because I can't see any other reason. Once she got in, she has proven herself to be not worthy of that job. But uh, you were there, right? I mean, was that why she won? The roads in Michigan are a very big problem. Yeah. That enough, I, I really think that was enough for her to say, I have this plan to fix the roads. And sadly, no one asked what the plan was. We right. didn't realize the plan was 45 cent gas tax. And she hasn't fixed the roads. They are they are the same percentage of damage that they're, when she was elected as they are now. We have a serious problem with roads in the, in the state. And it has to do with funding, but she wasn't able to fix the funding. There is a solution to roads. She couldn't get there. She's been a lifelong politician, right. a lifelong politician who's never worked in business. So she went through a pandemic and closed everybody down. This is the, the situation under Gretchen Whitmer with business and education and abysmal. Really, I don't think people understood who they were electing when they elected Gretchen Whitmer. They felt confident in the fact that she was able to bring in, that, that she had been the Senate min minority leader, but she's run the state like a minority leader. She's vetoed more bills than any other governor in the last 50 years, and she's had more executive orders. But look, there is, across the nation, we see, I don't like to play identity politics, but we see that women vote for women. It doesn't necessarily happen with a minority. Minorities don't necessarily vote for a minority, but we know there is a trend that women vote for women. Right. And she won 60% of the female vote, more than any other person has won in the state of Michigan. We know that's our target, is to get those, those suburban moms back. And we think that suburban moms are pretty upset by what happened to their children during COVID, and they're ready to to come back to the Republican Party, and we have plans to make sure that their families thrive. Tudor Dixon, she's running for the um, Republican nomination for governor of the great state of Michigan, and I hope that you get it, and I hope that, that you take Whitmer out in uh, in November. Uh, when it comes to Gretchen Whitmer, as bad as that lie was about the roads, and it was a horrible lie, and again, I think a lot of people think that her uh, want to, to legalize marijuana helped her as well, but um, she, she proved to be so horrible. And, and, and by that, I mean, uh, I know that she was setting up uh, barriers in stores. You could buy this, but you couldn't buy that. You couldn't mow your lawn or you could boat, but you couldn't put a motor on the boat. I, did not, I don't know what the hell he, she's talking about. Then her husband called some, some boat place, storage place. Hey, I'm the governor's husband. Can you get our boat out uh, you know, sooner than later? And, and the whole debacle with, with sending COVID patients to nursing homes, my God. People died because of that. I think you've got a relative that died. I think your grandmother, was that who it was, yeah. that passed away because of this? This woman has been horrible. She tried to serve as a monarch, she, and then she turned into a dictator. And the rules and regulations put on regular Michiganders was disgusting. Fill me in on, on your grandmother, and I'm so sorry to hear about her loss, and about that decision by this governor, much like what Cuomo did in New York, to send COVID patients where they shouldn't have been. 
Yeah, so we were in a situation that several families were in. Our grandparents were locked up and people say to me, oh, how could you not just go in and get her out? You couldn't, first of all, you couldn't take the patients out. And these are people that required medical care. So we also couldn't have home health care people come into our homes. Our loved ones were trapped in these nursing homes. And in, in my, for my example, my grandmother really truly died of a broken heart. We wow. couldn't see her. We had to hold my daughters up in a window to say goodbye to her when the nursing home staff said, this is the last few days. We weren't even, my mom and I weren't even allowed to go in ourselves. Even though we had negative COVID tests, she didn't have COVID. You weren't allowed to hold their hand and say goodbye. And then there was the situation where at the very beginning of the pandemic, the nursing home association sent her a letter saying, whatever you do, you could put barges in the Great Lakes, but don't put COVID positive patients back in nursing homes. Right. Threw that letter to the side, and that's what we did. Not nursing home patients. Any COVID-positive patient went into a nursing home. That's how bad it is. It doesn't make any sense, and, and uh, this was not going by the science whatsoever. You know, when you see a state like Florida that was smart and, and is open and independent and free, and see a state like where I am in Texas, which is close to that, not quite as much, but we're doing very well here, and then you see Michigan for no reason whatsoever, like New York, like California, like these very, very far left-wing control-oriented uh, states, doing just the wrong thing. But what boggles my mind about you guys is you're a Republican Senate and House. I don't know why they didn't keep her in check more. Are they afraid of her? Why didn't the, 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 the members of the legislature in, in Michigan do more to stop what she was doing? So she was very manipulative. She was using a law that, that was ultimately deemed illegal. So we had to overrule that with the Supreme Court to get her to stop using these executive orders that gave her essentially dictator power. Yeah. And then once that was overturned, she used a new law that stated that she could control the health department and still has control of the people through the health department. So for a very long time, had control over our schools still, even though we knew that masking, we had gotten to a point where masking was doing more harm than good with our children, with their academic achievements and also their mental health. She used the health department to go in and shut down schools if they didn't do exactly what she said. But it was a suggestion. Of course, that's what she's saying. That was, however, though, how she controlled things. She also controlled our businesses through OSHA. She actually had an OSHA shame list. She had OSHA post a website, a special web website, just to post the businesses that weren't abiding by COVID wow. policies. It was really a tragic situation. And she had worked it so the legislature couldn't get around it, no matter how hard they fought, because no one could have imagined that a governor would take over in the way that she did. T-U-D-O-R-D-I-X-O-N, Tudor Dixon. She's running for the Republican nomination for governor of the great state of Michigan. Two last questions. We know that Detroit is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. I think you, you cited NBC News said it was the most dangerous city in the country. How do you fix that? Detroit's been that way for 60 years uh, or 70 years. It's been run by horribly far left-wing progressives who don't care about that city. They only care about themselves and their own future. Well, there's a few different ways you fix it. First of all, it's very hard to open a business in Detroit. We have a lot of red tape. We have to empower the people of that city to build that city up and give them government contracts. They haven't been they haven't been chosen to have their own businesses. And this is like crushing the American dream in our big cities like that. But also we need to empower policing in those neighborhoods and make sure that policing is strong across the state, really, no matter what, whenever I sit down with our sheriffs, our police officers, or even our police officers, or association, they say policing has become much more difficult and we just don't have the support from Lansing. Boy, if they had that support, things would really change and they will with me.
Tudor, I appreciate the time. One last question. You've got very heavily populated areas that are very, very blue in Michigan. If you look at Michigan from, from 30,000 feet up, it's a very red state. But you've got Detroit, Hamtramck, Dearborn. That entire area is very, very blue, and there are millions of people who are in that area. What do you do to get some of them to vote for you, or do you need them? Well, here's the blessing that we have right now. Just I'll tell you one poll. Last week it came out that 59% of Michiganders would vote for someone other than Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, wow. So we already have that opportunity to go in there. And I really believe that talking about families, the American dream, and making sure that they have the ability to have a livelihood that is effective for, for those folks, making sure that their livelihood is there and that contracts are there for them. That's the answer. We want Mich- Michiganders to succeed and prosper. Yeah, because red or blue, you want a job. I mean, that's, right. that's just a fact. Exactly. Well, 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 Tudor, do me a favor. Come back on the program. Again, we've got a lot of stations in Michigan. We've got a lot of people around the country, even outside of Michigan, watching that state because of how bar- bad Gretchen Whitmer was. And, and it's, I could not be happier than to meet you after Trump shouted you out on Saturday night. Will you come back on? Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate you. Go to TudorDixon.com. Go and support her candidacy. We'll have her back again, and we're back right after this. Stay here. This is The Joe Pegg Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Tons going on. We will get to that story about um, California and Texas. We'll get to that because uh, I think it's interesting. We'll make sure that we get to that. Also, Joe Pistone next hour. He is Donnie Brasco. If you've seen that movie starring jo- uh, Johnny Depp, uh, he's the guy, Donnie Brasco, Joe Pistone, who was undercover for the FBI for the better part of six, six plus years. And I can't even understand how you could be in the mafia six plus years, them not know that you're in the FBI, because the second they find out, you're dead. But that's it. Uh, AJ? Big Motown, Joe Pag. Brother, here's the problem. I got 30 seconds. It's all yours. Go. Go ahead. 30 to go. Wait a minute. Hey, real quick. She, the roads are bad in Michigan. I hope she get that idiot out of there yep. because that idiot killed people. That idiot governor we talking about. Uh-huh. And uh, you know Motown. I got to break protocol. I got to get. Wh- which way was Joe Biden turning when Trump? Was- <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, man. What was he doing? Come on, AJ. <laughs> Motown, you know, you know, I had to call. You know, I had to call Motown because that. That, that tells, as Paul Harvey used to say, that's the rest of the story. We got to go, brother. I appreciate you. We love you, AJ. <laughs> love you, man. All right, we got to hit a break here. We're back after this. Stay here.